फ्रॉम इंडियाज लार्जेस्ट न्यूज रूम आई मारून जॉर्ज एंड दिस इज द टाइम्स ऑफ इंडिया पॉडकास्ट side of a young student has become a political controversy he is from the dalit community and the parents are now alleging caste discrimination on the campus to wo matlab bolta tha normally ki wahan pe bhi matlab scst ka discrimination hua jata hai sit probe on this matter and more and transparency the death of iit bombay student darshan solanki on the 12th of february brought back the spotlight on a problem that has perhaps always existed on indian campuses while his death by suicide raises questions about mental health support on campuses it also brought up the issue of caste based discrimination on campuses a student's body has alleged that caste based discrimination was at the heart of solanki's death and there's now an institutional probe into this aspect solanki's death is the latest of what dr narayana sukumar says is an institutional murder Professor Sukumar teaches in the Political Science Department of Delhi University and is the author of the book Caste Discrimination and Exclusion in Indian Universities. The book takes a closer look at caste discrimination across Indian campuses and how prevalent it is. It features voices of those who've been at the receiving end of discrimination and also deals with the aspects of how ineffective the measures to curb such discrimination have been. In today's episode, we're talking with Professor Sukumar about why Indian universities still struggle to curb caste-based discrimination and what can be done to correct that. Professor Sukumar explains why bodies like SCST cells aren't enough to protect students and how the rapid growth of reservation-free private universities is only making things worse. Dr. Sukumar, the case of Dr. Darshan Solanki has brought back to the for the subject of caste discrimination in campuses um while a student's body has alleged discrimination and they were very swift in that the institute first denied it and then instituted a pro panel uh how would you evaluate the case so far and its handling caste discrimination is part of uh, you know uh, indian dna and um, you know it flows from at a subterranean Uh, level when uh, whenever such tragic incidents happens and we wake up so what happened you know when uh, uh, balmukund meena from aims to uh, rohit vemla or you know muttu krishnan or even pail that we uh, you know so and then now uh, darshan solanki so it is deeply rooted into the institutional structure and these things need to be seriously taken into consideration otherwise uh, we may debate uh, for a while and we forget and the entire I- iit mumbai why do you need a you know probe panel after the protest if institute feels that you know yes there is a death in the campus if not a dalit boy any boy for that matter or a girl or any student that the administration should react immediately by constituting a committee that would have been really the functionality of the institution uh, these things are very common in uh, these higher educational institutions particularly in iits and it is obviously what i felt that iits don't want to take any responsibilities on such issues okay whenever it it happens see what they did they first moved this uh, issue they brought scst cell into the forefront rather than directly coming and talking to the students stakeholders 
So you want SCST cells as a uh, shield to cover up uh, your inabilities to uh, actively address the problem. And I can, you know, uh, see that, you know, uh, it's very handling, it, it, the problem is very pathetic, you know, and it is devoid of any human emotions, you know, to be very honestly. And what else you can expect when majority of the directors says that, you know, reservation implementation will dilute the standard and merit. I just want to dwell on this SCST panel as well. Um, you know, mm. like you said, institutions are supposed to have these panels that monitor caste-based harassment. And in your book, you both point to the absence of these committees, which are not there in many institutes, and how many students don't complain to them for fear of making things worse for themselves or even possibly their friends. Um, well, what there yeah. is a solution? There are sufficient mechanisms to if at all they function properly and uh, but no one wants to tie bell to the cat including the scst cells which are being uh, partly functional but not majority even in my book 80 percent of the respondents said that we know about it some said we don't know about it and some said it is functional but partial not independent in 2013, UGC has came out with a very interesting document on the idea of discrimination. It defines very well. And if that is implemented by all the institutions in total or total, I think, you know, this problem can be easily tackled. Today, I was interestingly reading an IIT boy is, has, you know, defending the atmosphere of IIT. And this boy comes from Ranchi and, you know, he's talking about, you know, why I chose IIT Mumbai, such a great place. Probably, you know, those who have social capital, uh, institutes like, you know, IIT might be very good for them. But a boy who coming from a Dalit background, the boys, girls, you know, whoever comes from through the quota system, they have to experience, you know, different kind of, you know, humiliations at every sphere. So therefore, I call uh, these spaces as urban ghettos and the ghettos is being so much so that the bodies which has been constituted they are not functional after rohit vemula's incident the ugc has written to all universities to constitute or to appoint anti discrimination officer now how far it is functional and uh, who are these anti discrimination officers no one knows and there is no any kind of social audit Therefore, I, I, I strongly feel as a person who worked on these issues for the past one and a half decade, I strongly feel that there need to be an audit in all IITs, IAMs, Indian Institute of Sciences, engineering colleges, medi medical colleges, where such kind, of, you know, uh, such kind of things happens, and also the university system. So all monitoring bodies are controlled by the dominant hegemonic uh, communities and ideologies within the uh, uh, institutions. Has anyone ever been penalized for uh, even if there are any kind of you know complaints against the you know many professors, vice chancellors, and directors are scot free uh, in this country? You know, series. You know, Professor Thorat has given a very submitted a, a report. But what happened to that report? Accountability is necessary. Why do you need Parliament to act or some some uh, thing to come in? institutions are autonomous they can if they have a will there is a way since there is no will 
they don't want to do that no hope even uh, if certain highest bodies are in, uh, involving in such cases so there need to be a strong introspection in these institutions how to tackle this matter or whenever the complaint comes how to handle this is it needs to be uh, thoroughly examined do you believe that something like say the anti ragging law itself can be repurposed to tackle this issue of discrimination or why would you argue that it requires a separate law altogether ragging is something different and uh, discrimination is something different ragging not necessarily involves you know caste though it is very important ragging need to be addressed and it should not be uh, permitted you know what is need for you know seniors to have control on juniors but discrimination is an everyday concern ragging happens maybe in the beginning of the uh, year and it 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 won't continue but discrimination caste discrimination continues from the day admission starts till the day students goes out from the institute and in the entire process in different spaces campuses like you know from classroom to lab to playground to the hostel spaces to the mess everywhere this functions formally informally subtly in iits they used to give a separate color coded form to the scheduled caste students to fill it so the deans may say that no once if it is admission done darshan solanki's issue the dean very politely said that no once if the admission is done we don't even bother and no one knows whose caste is that this then why is that you know later on in the police probe police said that probably the reason could be he got less marks in his first semester therefore he committed you know suicide it is not suicide these are all the institutional murders why is that 50% of scheduled caste scheduled tribe students are dropping out the pressure i don't consider it as drop out it is that they are pushed to such a corner that they are forced to drop themselves therefore to address all these problems discrimination act is completely different it is necessary uh, to at least protect the dignity we don't know to what extent it is going to protect you need to have the consciousness to accept it but it is it is completely different is there a difference in the discrimination that you would encounter in a professional course compared to a non professional course yeah see when it comes to social sciences there is a space for you know dialogue where students are very cautious about certain things that doesn't mean that you know uh, in social sciences such things you know uh, uh, doesn't happen but because of the pedagogy which they are engaged or uh, constitution rights or you know uh, social issues like caste you know uh, gender all all sort of things uh, literature you know there is a sense of uh, uh, you know consciousness that it ignites whereas in professional courses it is completely uh, based on a, a set of hierarchy that operates in that so they assign senior scholars to conduct practicals by the to allow uh, uh, them to monitor the practicals in the lab and it is very open secret you know professors uh, they do it and also the seniors are asked to um, uh, take tutorials or you know whatever it may be so what happens in this entire process you know the marking system the grading system which is there in the hands of these particular seniors they are the people who are again meritorious good enough you know all these things so this kind of uh, uh, 
controlling mechanism or one can say that you know i mean patronizing mechanism in the stem courses uh, like you know science engineering technology medicine all these courses uh, th th those courses operates in a, and they are so much so fear psychosis that they don't even uh, allow the students to uh, use labs so science courses uh, students are more vulnerable and you take the data uh, majority of the uh, these kind of deaths has happened uh, from professional courses. I can quote the best example is Vardhaman Mahavir Medical College. <laughs> 25 students, SC students, continuously two years has been failed. That means, you know, I mean, there is something serious lacuna within this kind of, you know, uh, insensitivity towards to the quotas children or reserved category. So therefore, I see that, you know, science courses uh, or these, you know, STEM courses need to have a course uh, which really sensitizes them. And it should not be one course. It should be a continuous, prolonging kind of sensitization that needs to happen. So therefore, these kind of things can be reduced. Even if you sensitize people and, you know, can a institute truly be that insular where somehow the environment within it is better than what is outside it. Can they really resist <laughs> pressures that are far greater than just the university or even what they're learning? Universities are the, you know, uh, replica of the outside, you know, society. In the sense, these are all modern institutions. They are supposed to, you know, cultivate some kind of, you know, ideas like equality or rationality. I don't think, you know, that over a period of time, Things are becoming more, uh, it's getting degenerated, uh, to be very honestly. Laws are there, you know, uh, but the more cost consciousness that is being promoted, uh, the other thing that, you know, they are costless because they are meritorious, as Satish Deshpande argues. So because, you know, they are costless, you know, we are meritorious and we are costless. But whereas people who are using quotas uh, through this reservation policy, uh, they think that they are non-meritorious, therefore they are part of the caste system. Institutions can address this problem if they can really, you know, uh, uh, curb ragging. At least, you know, they were able to do uh, uh, succeed uh, in uh, uh, with multiple campaigns and some kind of, you know, stringent actions. Uh, they can do. They can do. In your book, you also document the absence of teachers from SESTs and other marginalized communities who you pointed mm -hmm. often make don't make it to the final post of the teacher because of aspects more related to language than necessarily subject related. Um, mm -hmm. How much do you think would having a more inclusive teaching community help? See, it is a very important thing, you know, where it is closely connected with mentoring in IITs, now at least there are some uh, representation, but in universities, it started uh, from 2000 onwards. For the past, you know, uh, uh, 50 years before, you know, 2000, the entire universities are uh, dominated by uh, the non-SCST teachers. Let me put it in this way, non-SCSTs and later on now OBCs are being included because of the reservation policy. Even after the independence, we have the we had the reservation policy, but till 2000, adequate filling of the positions has not been done. Now it would have happened much before. What would have been the situation now? At least you know there would have been some vice chancellors 
from the scheduled caste community. At least there would have been some senior professors who would have been deans, who would have been, you know, can be part of the decision-making bodies within the universities or higher decision-making bodies. Now, why it is important is that, that whenever there is a decision-making about making, taking some uh, kind of, you know, disciplinary actions or uh, uh, initiating some kind of, you know, positive, I mean, I'll put it in this way also, positive environment to protect or to implement reservations or to protect the interests of this scheduled caste, scheduled tribe, OBC, minority or women, whoever is required, they will represent them. The senior teachers will represent them. Now, many universities, they are not even having good, at least minimum number of faculty. They cannot be party to the decision-making, number one. Number two, uh, uh, they can extend their emotional, you know, consent or emotional sympathy and the support which can be, at least some students can go and uh, talk to them. These are the problems. You know, many students, they come to me uh, precisely knowing that I'm a Dalit teacher and I am slightly vocal in nature. So therefore, they come. There are teachers who, for their own sake of uh, interest, for, for their own sake of academic or some administrative interest, what they do, they are trying to be party with the administration. So therefore, they get the places. They become uh, uh, to somewhat, you know, uh, into the SCST cell or into, uh, uh, I'm saying, I'm not saying that, you know, I mean, don't do that. My only request or my only concern that, you know, these teachers should represent the community first. The problems of this community, what the students are facing, Therefore, you know, administration will not uh, will not get any kind of, you know, upper hand when it comes to issues like Darshan Solanki or, you know, Rohit Vemula or uh, uh, any other. Also, um, we are in a time where you point out in your book that the number of private institutions are growing at a much faster clip than government ones. And mm -hmm. uh, in such institutes, there is no requirement to implement reservations, whether it is in teaching staff, whether it is in students. And therefore, uh, there is this greater notion of merit. And again, I'm using merit in quotes because that is the idea that's there. How does this exclusion of caste-based reservation in institutions over time, how do you see it? affecting education in India? Merit is a social construct. And I mean, it is like, you know, uh, who, who, I mean, it is, it is, who has the social capital to reach to such institutions? Like social capital in the sense for generations, people, three, four generations who has education and then who had complete control on resources, you know, a number of things, you know, they try to you know, get into these private institutions. And uh, at times, you know, within Dalit class also, there are certain privileged, economically privileged classes who will go to such institutes. So therefore, uh, there is a complete, you know, silence and uh, not necessarily that, you know, their caste doesn't operate in private institutions. It does operate. And uh, in fact, you know, there is a subtle way of uh, caste discrimination that happens even in the private institutions. Though their class and their positional privileges are uh, something different in comparison with the public institutions. Now, what happens now only, you know, SCST, OBCs go to schools, same with the universities. You know, if you see the combination of the classroom in the public institution, 
because of the reservations uh, uh, and also privatization has uh, attracting more economically privileged and so and uh, though and also those who are socially privileged with economic capital they are going to private institutions including the teachers who are teaching in public institutions they are sending their children to the private institutions where they don't want uh, them to study in public institutions because they are they know that public institutions are no more being uh, a very within court good institutions so therefore who are studying in these institutions scheduled caste scheduled tribe obcs women because you know the general perception of family is that okay send a girl to the university till she attains the degree and get married i would like to just bring in that you know new national education policy which is promoting uh, equally private institutions i mean it has kept private institutions on par equal pedestrian and it said that okay you know now you know go ahead in public institutions the dropouts in the name of exit policy is also been justified by these you know policy they may not able to say openly in fact in this uh, document no mention of discrimination at all caste discrimination at all so it reflects how uh, towards which direction we are heading so public institutions are the only institutions which are left for the scheduled caste scheduled tribe and other backward caste students and even for minorities poor minority students among all these sections also more poverty ridden communities are depending on these institutions therefore it is necessary to protect the public institutions having been on both sides of it you know how do you see the system in a sense being fixed and like sort of at least balanced better and what do you think it would take i was a kota child and i am a kota child and i remain kota child till my death because people say that due to kota only i got it i don't care but i feel proud about my own kota's identity now as a student uh, what i have seen in the university system i have not seen much changes that happened uh, for the past 22 years you know before 22 years i joined uh, in institute like delhi university and uh, even as a teacher many a times you feel that you know is it because of my caste identity is it because of my quota identity uh, certain things are happening to me and is it because being slightly vocal about the issues of discrimination and asserting for the constitutional rights that has been given to the you know uh, communities where i try to represent is it because of that i am being subjected to uh, kept aside which i don't mind but uh, it is very important i felt that it is very important to voice out for the communities and therefore you know uh, 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 my identity as a quota child is very assertive identity i am being so vocal it is because of the department colleagues or the university or the other faculty who has given uh, some kind of you know support uh, to me and i i acknowledge that yes the entire system has not yet collapsed uh, yes there is uh, hope within the system that yes uh, we can negotiate uh, but again this negotiation is very limited <laughs> okay so decision making bodies you know you need to be very active and also university should uh, have a, a kind of you know not only university my only request to the bodies of the higher level uh, through your platform 
why can't we, as I said, why can't we acknowledge the problem and have, let us have a social audit. How many, how much reservations are implemented? Uh, and uh, uh, in the parliament itself has been debated, only this much reservations has been implemented. So how many issues like Darshan Cholanki's, you know, thing happened and why it is happening? Let it be a, a high a level constitution of a committee like, you know, Professor Thorat did long back. Such kind of things can happen and a possible solution can be, can be come out. But yes, as a quota child, I would continuously fight for the quota system whether it is good or bad, whether it is positively uh, attributing the value or negatively attributing the value towards to the human being or uh, who comes through this quota, but I'll keep on fighting for it. So, uh, in your book, you also write that in the quest for a more equitable society, the thin veneer of social harmony needs to be fractured. Could you explain what you were talking about and how do you see that being done? Institutions are... Uh, been constructed in or, or or nurtured in such a way that there would be a tension, that social tensions will be there. Now, how do we address these social tensions? Do we have an enabling environment? Can we create an enabling environment for the students who come from first generation, who will not have a confidence? So one needs to create such kind of enabling environment. Uh, sharing the ideas or sharing the space. There would be you no know, diversity, but is the diversity is inclusive. And that inclusivity can be developed only through nurturing our generations, not in the name of quotas, but in the name of equality. So that equality, the idea of equality need to be basic element for social harmony. And that, that can happen. You know, I mean, that can happen. If not now, maybe after 20 years, 30 years, a complete shift in the pedagogy, a complete shift in the human relations within the institutions, that really helps. And I, I have a hope still, at least in the public institution. See, the classroom com combination has changed now. Before 10 years, there were majority for teachers from non-SCST OBCs. And now students are more SCST OBCs. How do we address this kind of, you know, imbalanced social uh, identities within the classroom, within the university space? Therefore, you know, I mean, the other needs to be more empathetic rather than the students, because the students who are already uh, been struggling with their, you know, uh, everyday struggles, uh, uh, entering into such kind of, uh, you know, domains, the other teachers need to be more you know, sensitive, more uh, uh, inclusive. So therefore, social harmony can be built only when everybody comes together. If the directors, vice chancellors and heads, they are openly saying that we don't want to support this reservation you know, system, then they can't, and they are, they are nothing but anti-constitutionalists. I can tell that. I can, I can openly say that if you are not implementing reservations, if you don't want to implement reservation, you are going against the constitution. That constitution is to build social harmony. <laughs> I see constitution, the document which is basic idea of the constitution is to build the harmony within the society by ensuring certain values like liberty, equality, justice, you know, I mean, so on and so forth, rights, everything. But... If you are, if we are not acknowledging the constitution, we are not acknowledging the social harmony.
Professor Sukumar says the road to ensuring discrimination-free institutes isn't an easy one and would require the involvement of the state and multiple stakeholders. He says the problem needs to be acknowledged and studied for solutions to emerge. The politics of presence is very important for communities, uh, for students, you know, whoever under a lot of distress. Uh, my only concern is that community support is very important when it comes to such kind of you know happenings. Uh, there should be a net network. There should be uh, uh, a kind of you know solidarity. Uh, among uh, not only the communities, I mean to say the lower caste, but the the whoever feels that we need some kind of you know uh, community consciousness, humanitarian consciousness, everybody should come together and request government that look there is a problem and now let us address this problem and let us put full stop to this politics of absence. Okay, politics of presence is that being party, being being part of the system, you know, fighting back and you need to voice out. If we don't voice out, if we don't question, if we don't critically engage, I think, you know, the system cannot be corrected. So the state needs to accept these realities. Institutions need to come forward. Communities need to come forward. And the most important thing is that the mindset need to be changed. That is completely individual concern. But when it comes to institution, my only request to the government is to make a social audit with an independent uh, or maybe let it be in a kind of combination of a conscious, you know, uh, people who represent these communities so that there won't be any kind of bias. So more research need to be done, more, you know, insights need to be found and more solutions need to come out. So the act is very important. At least government should come out with at least legally punishable act uh, to address this problem. Today's episode was produced by Jairaj Singh, Sunai Marathe and Anuja Singh. For a daily spotlight on people, ideas and stories that matter, subscribe to us. We're available on TY+, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts and all other platforms of your choice. For any news tips, email us at tuipodcast at timesinternet.in.